Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. Hey, what is going on? Coach Luca back here with the Vigor Life Podcast. I don't know if you guys can see me, but it's a rainy day in Seattle, so I decided to be very fluorescent today. I'm even going to slide back so you can see it. the shoes matching. You know what I mean? I'm trying to be the sunshine in people's life today. Hey, but if you're watching this on YouTube, it's probably black and white. I'm just letting you know. It is fluorescent up in this mofo. Uh, check this out. Today, I'm like, I said, okay, I'm going to dive into coaching. Um, and, you know, this is going to be an overview because like, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on nutrition today. And then I keep going back to, you know, I'm always, I'm always looking like the questions that get um, asked. I'm always looking at my own coaching with uh, our, I should say my clients or our clients, both from the nutrition standpoint, but also from a business standpoint. So I decided to go back into my notes and like, you will see, this is a, man, this, this is old school. This is years old. It's like I pulled it out. of It's like a relic. Um, but some of the stuff in here is, is magical, so I wanted to share it with you. Um, and it pertains to, you know, how most people coach. Um, and this was like a big breakthrough for me. And uh, some of the things that I learned, uh, I would say, are, are, were from Dax Moy, and then I started digging deeper. And then, by the way, Dax is, is on some genius level. Uh, when it comes to that, you should definitely check him out. Uh, love that dude. Um, but it kind of went down a rabbit hole and, you know, started understanding that like th- this was actually this 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 uh, uh, this time where I really started shifting, uh, you know, kind of my understanding of how I was coaching people and, uh, you know, to what it is now. Right. And I think a lot of people still live, unfortunately, uh, in, in a lot of the tell people what to do. And so I'm going to attack this and address this both from like somewhat of a, I'm not going to go too deep into science. I'm going to touch on it a little bit, right? Like uh, talking about, like I said, the reptilian brain and prefrontal cortex and, you know, how how our brain operates. But the reality is that we train, or should I say, we coach most people that are in some type of threat. Um, And so it starts here, right? One of the things that we have to understand, uh, you know, our frontal lobe is, you know, the, the place where we, we think and we thrive, right? It's evolution. Um, but our survival mechanism uh, is obviously an, an older part of the brain, right? A lot more fight, flight, or fight, uh, fight flight, or freeze. Um, and that, that, that part is, I would say, the reptilian brain. So we have to understand that you can't access your, your thrive part of the brain when you're in your survive part of the brain. Uh, and think about that. Every goal that your client has is a thrive goal, but then it's hard to access that when you're in survive mode, right? There's only threat. Uh, so we have to understand like how threat operates because, you know, most people uh, are going to say, well, you know, how are my, my clients threatened? And I mean, like we're talking about on every level, like threat comes from, I mean, it can come from endocrinology, but it can come from obviously verbal communication. It can come from majority of it is, is perception and stories. And that's what we're going to touch on a little bit today, right? So when when you say, you know, my clients are making bad choices, um, you know, think about it this way. A choice is made in a prefrontal cortex, right? Because you have to, uh, uh, it, it comes in the, in the logical part of the brain. Uh, but they're not really accessing that when they're in survive mode. You know, so that bad choice is not like this majority of the time a cognitive choice. It's like pattern, right? So when people are reacting, it's the reptilian part of the brain that's 
responding and not to temporal lobe, right? Uh, and I'm trying to say temp temporal lobe, uh, but like most clients' threat is perception-based. So think of it in a way of like it's the stories that they create. And I would say like as I'm speaking about this, like this goes from for me and you too, right? Everything that I'm talking about is like, yeah, it's your clients. And a lot of it stems back to you. But we'll touch on that on, on that in a second because this might be one of the more, uh, you know, if, if you're a coach in any category, like this is something that it, it, it's very, very, very important. That's why I wanted to bring it up today because, you know, there's a lot of strategic and tactical stuff. Uh, and actually, I'll cover some of it, but that we go through when we're coaching nutrition and fitness and business and marketing, whatever it may be. Uh, and, and, but we don't kind of go into this foundational part of it. Uh, and, and then we say stuff like, ah, oh, how people are just making bad choices. Like, I don't understand. Like, I told them what to do, but they're not doing it. And this is the part that we have to understand here, right? And remember, if, if, if threat is perception-based, you know, it, it, it comes from the stories, the thoughts, you know, that, that people have uh, that create that threat. And not sensory. Like, sensory is like, hey, you know, I'm putting a gun to your head. Like, it's, it's real. It's now, you know, the, the lion's attacking you. Majority of, of, of threat doesn't stem in this day and age from that, right? Um, so you got to understand that. It, it, it's the same thing as like if you got injured, right, back in the day from a jump. Then you start thinking the story is every jump is going to injure me, right? So think about that and think about all the different things and aspects and why questioning is so important with your clients. But, you know, that's, that's a perfect example. I know like, you know, great example for Christmas, I, I had my, my back injury flare up again. Really bad. I mean, really bad. I couldn't walk. Um. And it was kind of like one of one of the out of nowhere scenario, how long it took for me to like start deadlifting a little heavier again. But it, but it wasn't that the, the reality is it, I was ready for it. But the story was Ugh, right. And it actually didn't even injure my back uh, doing a deadlift. But back in the day when I injured my back, I did. So think about how like all these things are interconnected and how our clients stories Right, are creating this threat that it is creating these bad choices that really are just patterns. Right. So we have to help our clients investigate their stories. Right. Um, so it's like this is the the threat like that I just brought up, like my injury. And it's like the you know, the threat from hurting your back versus, you know, standing in front of a cougar, right? Like it's a very, very different threat. Like one is story based, one is like true, real sensory right now based, right? So um Think about it this way, too, that like one of the things that people don't think about is threat, because I want to bring up uh, different examples of what all our threats and our clients and our lives that we don't think about. And then because we don't, we start making recommendations and, and judgments around why people are doing things or not doing things. So, you know, time is a major factor in threat. Right. Um, and and think of it this way, that we have to no matter what the threat is, because think too fast, too slow, or, you know, is a threat. So if, if somebody, uh, you know, has ever been in a program and you never had a conversation with them and it ends up being, you know, ah, like, you know, this is not working because there's no, there's no, uh, I would say expectation or there's no communication about uh, what's going to happen. And remember, like what is threat? Like not knowing what's going to happen, right? It's, it's basically the unknown. It creates uncertainty and anxiety, and that's threat. 
So time is a big factor in communicating with clients about the realities of what happened, right? Now, I'm going to go back to this. So it, the, the thing about fear is that, you know, we have to kind of floodlight the fears and bring them out because if people are hiding them, right, we can never really address the true issue. But if we, if we shine a light on them, there's two things that happen. Like people actually see that those fears are not real or at least even if they are real, that there's something that they can do about them, right? They're empowered to do something about the fear. So it's not, you know, it, it, you have to understand coaching is going from the person who gives the right answers uh, to the person who asks the right questions. And you notice how many times in the podcast I bring up questions. It's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very big thing. And it's also one of the reasons why, like, you know, why is public, you know, public speaking the biggest perception-based fear is because, and, and why we give kudos to people that do public speaking, right? Because there's such a threat because we feel like we're going to be judged, right? And this creates big stories persecution, judgment, you know, what will people think about me, embarrassment. And so that story creates the whole fear of getting in front of people and speaking. And I talked about uh, in one of the previous podcasts about my fears about speaking uh, that were that as well. Right. So uh, coaching starts with telling the truth about yourself to yourself. Um, a great book here is to, to, to dig into is conversations with God. But um, and I'm, I'm going to, you know, kind of skip forward a little bit and come back. But, you know, step one is tell the truth about yourself to yourself, then tell the truth about yourself to others. You know, only then can you start telling the truth about others to others. Right. Um, and, and the reality is that we don't investigate our own stuff. And when it comes to coaching, I'd have you consider that, you know, we kind of mirror our our own fears or our own judgments onto our clients. So as I'm going through some of this, uh, some of these principles, or, or I should say some of this uh, coaching knowledge, you know, start with yourself, like start with yourself as far as, you know, what's going on in, uh, in your life, because you have to keep exploring those things. Otherwise, it's going to be really, really hard to dig into your, your client's life, right? Um, now, to, to come back to this, is, is th- this is a, a statement that you could like put quotation marks around, right? It's that powerful. Um, so look at your client and ask yourself what your biggest fear is. Then understand that they're in the same position, but with a different fear, right? Like that gives you compassion and empathy. And we've talked about how important empathy is, but I don't think that we really stop and and explore that. And I think that's one of the biggest like statements, or should I say drills that you can do is, you know, Look at your client, ask yourself what your own biggest fear is and understand that they're in the same position, but with a different fear. And for me, that was like, for instance, you know, I had a, 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 a lot of kind of like relationship trauma in the last uh, years. And, and that was very painful and threatening and fearful and all these different things. Uh, whereas in fitness, I had, you know, none of that. Right. And I had to like dive into that area to go like, oh, man, like this is really difficult. Like, this is exactly how this person feels about overcoming emotional eating or, you know, or uh, like I said, food and fitness and how tough it is and, and, you know, changing their social environments because it's driving them down the wrong thing. Like, these are the type of fears they have. And I had to explore my own fears. And that made me a better coach because when you do that, you go like, oh, shit, man, that is tough. That's really, really tough. 
right? And, and from there, like, just know that your job is uh, is not to get the result, but, you know, to, to get the person, you know, Mary, John, Joe, whoever, out of their own way so they can get the result, right? Let me repeat that, right? Your job is not to get the result, but rather to get, you know, Mary, John, or whoever out of their own way to get the result, right? Because the reality is, and we talked about belief, right? How we uh, respond. There's been all these studies done about like belief, right? If, if, a, if a child doesn't believe that they can learn something, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like they're not going to do the action steps associated with it. Uh, and, and just like I talked about the, the magical question that we ask, right? How confident are you on a scale of one to 10 uh, that you can do this 90% of the time? That's a belief question, right? It, it, we kind of assess how much people believe that they can get a result. But remember, if your clients don't believe that they can win, you know, so whatever their win is, they, they essentially, they won't go and play the game, right? They won't fight. They'll freeze or they'll fight, right? So if we have fight, uh, flight or fight or freeze, I'm getting the Fs all messed up. But the rea- if, if they don't believe that they can win, they won't, essentially, they won't fight, right? They'll, they'll, they'll run or, or they'll freeze. Think about that. Right, so we're coming back to belief and like helping them believe that they can actually do this. And for that, we have to reduce threat, okay? So the thing is, the hardest part of being a great coach is getting out of your own way, right? Because if you start going back to, uh, I would say, you know, because ah, you know what the sedation part is? The sedation part is that you start always telling people what to do, right? And we're going to get here in a second because... Uh, because like I said, I got notes, so I'm like pausing a little bit. Don't be scared of the pauses. Don't be scared of the pauses in coaching either. So there you go. All right, so with that said, um, truly great coaching is about defining safety and threat, right? And remember, safety is the ability to predict the immediate. That's deep, right? Um, safety is the ability to predict the immediate. So how can you help people predict what's going to happen. Uh, and that happens with agreements. And uh, I, I don't like the word expectations, but, you know, think about it of, of it this way. If you have, uh, you know, we talked about choice before and self-determination theory, right? And when we give a client a choice and they make that choice, they're more committed to what they chose, right? It's autonomy, right? It's empowerment. Well, one of the things we talked about was time, right? So when a, when a person comes in and says, this is what I want to achieve, right? So this is what I want. And, you know, in the fitness world right now, the problem is, is that there's crazy, you know, you, you got so many crazy promises, right? Yeah, you can lose 30 pounds in eight weeks, um, which I'm not saying it's not, it's not possible. We, we, we know it's possible. I'm saying, but can you do it in a healthy way, sustainable way, so on and so forth. So when people come in, like, uh, you know, I wish I could draw do do a minority report and and draw stuff in the air right now to show you the chart but imagine that you have you know intensity and time right and you drew this for your client right you drew a chart for your client you said well the results that you want right if you want them if you want them in this amount of time here's what it will take right it will take this much intensity and the intensity involves everything from uh, you know, more intense meal planning and preparing, uh, more intense uh, details when it comes to how you're eating, where you might be having to track calories more, uh, uh, I would say, more closely and, 
you know, you have to pay a lot more attention to things, okay? Your training will have to be more intense. Uh, you know, you may have to train five days a week to get to this result that you want in the time frame that you want it. Now, there's another way to go about this, right? And let me show you uh, another option or another couple of options where, you know, the intensity of this would be lower. So you wouldn't have to make these uh, insane changes, these quick changes, these really intense changes in your program or your nutrition. And it would take a little bit longer, but here's what we can do. And you give them the choice, right? Because you outlined at, you know, as an, as an expert, but like you were very upfront, you know, based on science, based on real world results, you know, what the options are. Like, absolutely, we can go this route of what you want in this time frame, but here's what it's going to take. But here are some other options, right? And I don't think that a lot of people do that uh, because, well, number one, you know, you got to go back to being ethical and saying like, hey, what I got to be, you know, like I have to be honest. I have to be, uh, you know, completely open about the reality of what's going to happen. Uh, and some people I don't think don't do that because they're scared of losing the sale. Where I think that, you know, when you are completely honest, like people are like, oh, wow, okay. You know what? Like now I have this choice. Now, obviously, like some people live in La La Land and, and will try to go the, you know, different route with the fast result with the cheapest thing and that they're not going to get that. But, you know, that's that's kind of like beyond um, I would say this conversation. So the reality is that once you that once you outline these things for them, right, they choose what they'll do, like longer, shorter, more versus less intense. But what happens is the prediction goes up, right? So when the prediction goes up, the safety goes up and the threat goes down, right? So now we can have this that we want, right? Because like I said, truly great coaching is about defining safety and threat. So we're starting to do that. And, you know, make sure that you're listening without judgment. And I've, I've brought up, uh, you know, motivational interviewing before, but judgment is threat. Actually, that's a humongous threat. We talked about earlier about, you know, speaking on stage and how public speaking is, you know, is such a humongous threat for people because you're feeling like you're going to get judged. Well, you know, much of threat is the result of the fear of being judged. Once again, it's that story, right? So know that the fear of judgment manifests itself as shame. And shame is the fear of exclusion, of exclusion and isolation. And shame is a belief that we're flawed, that we're flawed. Now, so think about like, socially isolation and exclusion is one of the one of the most fearful and painful things that we can experience and it's also the belief we're flawed and you know in some way unworthy of acceptance and belonging so this is why so much conformity exists but think about that you know going back to coaching we're talking about uh defining safety defining threat and it's very important that you look at yourself and say in what way are you judging your clients Right. Uh, because shame is like, you know, who we should be. We talk about that conformity. Right. Who we think we should be. You know, shame is, you know, how we should be. Shame is what we should be. Um, and the shame load is too high when we have those and we create threat threat. And right then and there, you know, your knowledge of the X's and O's of of, of nutrition and fitness and business and marketing or whatever realm you're in starts becoming a little more irrelevant because we can't get the clients out of their own way, right? Once again, when I say client, think back to yourself as well, like getting yourself out of your own way and this, um, out of your own way because that's like 
the, the step number one, right? Telling the truth to yourself about yourself. And so how do we counter shame, right? What is, what is the, the superpower to beat shame? And that's empathy, right? And think about these phrases, right? I mean, not just these phrases, but really truly living in that is, hey, I, under, I understand what that's like, right? Because empathy creates connection. And connection is like one of the most powerful feelings that we have. And obviously that creates trust. So, hey, it's, I, I understand it's happened to me or similar. Uh, you're normal, right? You're not being excluded, right? Those, those are all things that reduce threat. So here's a, here's a, this is a drill that you can stop and do. Uh, and it's called the judgment check, right? So choose three labels that could apply to you, right? So look for like five to 10 different stereotypes that apply to that label. Um, and uh, I actually, you know, did this drill. I'm going to just throw it in there real quick. But it's, it was like alpha male, overconfident, cocky uh, leader, close to opinion of others, right? And um, the question was, you know, do, do you fit all those stereotypes? And once again, like when you write it out, you go like, no, not, not really, right? So for, for instance, because you do this drill for yourself, it just shows that like when we stereotype people, like we're so quick to do it. You know, the person that walks in and the way they're dressed and whether they're overweight or, you know, they got a limp or they're this religion, that, like we're always stereotyping. So this is a drill. It's like very, very, very important for you to recognize these things in yourself and whether you're doing them. Um, because once again, right, hey, I asked, do you fit all those stereotypes, right? So if you did this drill, choose three labels that, you, that could apply to you. Okay, look for five to 10 stereotypes that apply to that label. Write them out. Pause, you know, pause the podcast. Spend five minutes doing that. I'm going to pretend that you paused the podcast and you came back. Fantastic. All right. So do you fit all those stereotypes? No. Okay, cool. Neither does your client, right? Neither does your client and the stereotypes that you're putting on them. So, you know, every time you remember that, like a stereotype is a prejudgment, right? That's what it really is. And every time you make a statement, it's a judgment. Right. And you got to ask yourself, hey, what does that mean to you? How did that make you feel? How do you know, how do you feel about where it takes you? Right. Once again, like a lot of coaching is exploring ourselves so we can help others explore themselves. Right. So. So just remember that, like empathy beats uh, shame and that we have to find out, like if we're judging because that's creating uh, not only the fear of exclusion is creating shame. And it's creating this cycle where we really can't help people get out of their own way because we're actually part of the problem a lot of times, right? So when things are unclear and, you know, you don't have clarity, like ask questions, you know, and this is something we've touched on, but I'm, I'm glad that I uh, kind of like prefaced uh, getting to this, right? Because uh, if you lead their answers, it will cha change and shape the conversations to whatever they think they should say because they feel judged, if that makes sense. I'm going to repeat that because that's, that's a pretty deep thought, right? If you lead their answers, it'll change or shape the conversation to whatever they think they should say because they feel judged. See, that's why reducing threat is so important that you can actually get the reality out of people. Um, and if, if I start, you know, talking, this is, this is actually one uh, on a, the, the business coaching call for my mentorship program that I did today I was talking about, uh, you know, something that comes up in leadership, which is, uh, Simon Sinek talks about this, like leaders eat last, but they always also speak last. Now, I will preface this. I'm getting better at this, but nowhere near great at this, um, but just did in the last meeting where when you come in 
and you state the problem, uh, you know, you don't pre-frame it with anything. You don't talk. You just say, hey, you know, what do you guys think we can do here? You know, what do you think is a solution? And you let everybody else speak before you speak uh, because that way you don't do exactly this, right? You don't, you don't change the conversation uh, to whatever they think they should say, right? Because they'll feel judged because you're, you know, whatever, the leader and the person that, that they look up to or whatever it may be, right? So that's very, very important, right? 80% of the things coming out of your mouth should be questions. Only speak maximal 20% of the time. We've talked about this in sales, but this is, this is not a sales thing. This is really coaching. This is, uh, you know, leading your clients to, uh, or guiding your clients to success. Um, just know that dominating and shaping the conversations is judging. And that's, you know, man, that was like one of the big things that I used to do. Um, not saying I don't do it at all anymore, but that, you know, I consciously worked on this uh, to not jump in, to, to, you know, to, to not just wait for people to stop talking so that I could talk. Uh, or, you know, because you, because you feel, uh, insecure, you have to answer, right? Cause like, Oh, I know this, I know this, right? This is a big thing that, that, um, that I would say in coaching keeps coming up, right? Cause we're so passionate about what we do. And, you know, if, if you're an expert in your field, like you want to answer all this stuff, but remember that <laughs> if there's a constant back and forth, then it's like verbal ping pong, you know, it's, it, it, that's judgment too. Like, bam, 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 right? Like, where are we going? Are we really there to help the client? Uh, or does it become, you know, do we, do we just kind of lose track of it? And it becomes a bus about us being right and us knowing more, right? But if our goal is to really uh, help guide the client to their Everest, like this is a skill set that you have to build. It's an awareness you have to build that you may be your biggest emergency break in helping your clients get results. Uh, so, the, and, and so with that said, you know, the coach has to help the client define the game that they're playing, right? And the reality is, is that the game everyone is playing is, is you know, is happiness. It's just like how they get there is different, you know, because whatever a question I, you know, like, hey, I want to lose 30 pounds. Okay, why is that important to you, right? And, and it'll be, oh, because, you know, I want, to, I want to get into my genes. Why is that important to you, right? Like, it's, it's, a, it's a happiness and status type of thing. Um, and so we just have to... Uh, uh, understand that well you have to find out what's the core desired emotion that people want to get what's the feeling that people want to get uh think about that right there's a core desired emotion that everybody wants to achieve and we want to get to that um so identifying the game there's you know there's three kind of three things you got to find out one you know uh, the purpose and what is the game right what is the game what's the game being played and what's the desired feeling behind the game um, and you know, we've talked so much about like the why, right? If, if, if it's ever been a sales thing or it's like, even in, in your own life, like you got to find the why behind. So you find the meaning behind it so that there's actually fuel, uh, that the, the, there's a fuel that, that kind of, that fires up all this, all the action that's going to have to be done, right? All the work that's going to have to be done. Because we, if we don't find like the true deep meaning to, to anybody's, uh, I would say goals and like we talked about thrive before it is really going to be like when times get tough, they're going to fall off. Right. Cause it's just like the surface reason why they're doing it. Um, and you know, a lot of times what people do, so there's, there's a, there's a great point here that I, I wrote a long time ago is, um, 
you know, finding out what the person doesn't want to do and you'll get to what they want to do. Uh, and I think sometimes, you know, people don't know what they want, but they know what they don't want. And asking those, uh, you know, asking those questions is important. Like, you know, because what, like, what rules are there in the, in, in like in this game for them? And, and think about the, you know, the rules as far as like, what's non-negotiable for them? You know, uh, what, you know, what's the filter? Like, I want to achieve this, but I won't, you know, I won't do that. I won't, like, I won't stop, you know, going out with my friends uh, on a Saturday or like, what are the rules, right? What are the limits, if any, and why, right? And do the, these rules add or take away from the pleasure of the game? Because that's what's really important. Because if you hate, if, if you don't find the game uh, pleasurable in some way, it's going to be a problem. And this is kind of like twisting things around because we know things are challenging, but Hey, what do you need to start doing to make the game worth playing? Right? These are all like great, fantastic questions. Once again, for yourself and for your clients. And uh, what do you need to stop doing and why? Right? And we've talked about this, the, those four segments before, right? What do you keep doing? What do you stop doing? What do you start doing? Right? And uh, that's very important because you don't want to instruct. You want to extract right? Don't instruct, but extract. Uh, because it makes them co-conspirators in their success. And like this comes back to uh, that self-determination theory as far as, you know, having autonomy and having choices. And also like you got to talk to the uh, to, to your clients about, you know, what will be the consequences if you break the rules, right? How will you get back in the game? Those are the things that most people never talk about because but it's like, what's the obstacle that you're going to face, right? And if, if you don't do X, Y, Z, what are the consequences going to be for you, right? Once again, we talked about safety and threat and like knowing what's coming. These are all the things that help with that, right? They identify the future, right? They, they reduce threat because we know the obstacles and we know the rules of the game. So, you know, what will be the circumstances that cause you to abandon the game? Right? If we know these, then it's a lot easier to coach and it's a lot easier to know. Um, now, remember this. You're not an expert in your client's life. And the thing is, you don't have to be. Right? They are way more of an expert than you are. And that's why this uh, you know, extracting versus instructing is so important. Uh, and you shouldn't have a lot of answers, but you should have a lot of questions and guidance. Right? Um, now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip to something that's like really, really, really powerful here, right? Uh, I've talked about environments before, so I'm not going to jump into this. But something that's called sentence stemming. And this is something that, one, you can use for yourself. Um, and two, that you can use with your clients. And th- look, there's, there's a couple of different scenarios and variations that I'm going to outline here for you. But this is very, very powerful, right? If you a great question to ask is like, what is important to you about and then fill in the blank, right? These are sentence stemming things, and the cool thing is that like, we we did this drill a long time ago, and the, and the question was, okay, I would love my life if, and then just start writing, right? And I actually had a, uh, th- these are a couple of mine, like real ones, by the way, uh, not just made up ones, right? Uh, and and remember, this could be. This could be anything. I would love. Uh, I would love. Uh, I would be a great dad if. I would be a great, you know, coach if. 
I'll be a great husband if. But in this case, it was like, I would love my life if I can get lo- uh, I can let go of my guilt. Uh, I can take care of the people that I love. I can step uh, step on a bigger stage to create change for people around me. Uh, funny thing is here it says I can purchase a building and create a bigger uh, bigger ground uh, building, <laughs> which is reality now, right? Uh, I can see my family more. So I went down this list uh, and it's a great drill. But the cool thing about this is that like when you sentence them, you can dig deeper, right? So you can go and keep sentence stemming anything that comes out of this. So for instance, if you're, if you're in a business and you say, hey, I would love my business if, and you start sentence stemming, right? If I would be in the role of educator, leader, motivator, 90% of the time. And then you could take that and say, I would be uh, in the role of educator, leader, motivator, 90% of the time if, dot, 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 dot. Can you see, can you see how this starts getting down to the nitty gritty? But it starts with, um, essentially what starts with is, is finding out, right? This is the extraction that I talked about, not instructing, but extracting, because if you can extract, how much easier is it to define, you know, the game and the steps of the game? So much easier, right? So the first step is, uh, you know, thinking about this is like, we call it putting the pin back in a grenade. But when we, you know, um, that way we're safe and we're not threatened. So we can actually address the goals. So notice like sentence stemming allows us to do that because we're actually finding out what the goals are. Like what's real, right? Let's get rid of all the threat, put the, put the pin back in a hand grenade and find out what's really gone. So going on. So because remember, it's when you require something, it's a threat that you're not going to get it. Right. So you want to create more desires for your clients and have them have less requirements. Right. Desires versus requirements, because automatically, if you require something that you don't have, it creates lack. Right. And so enjoy the process of desires. You don't you don't enjoy your requirements. Right. So if you really want to make a change, help the, the client enjoy the process. Right. They, they come for the results, but they stay for the experience. So that's really, really important. And sentence stemming is a drill that helps you kind of break that down. I mean, I, I would strongly encourage you to actually go deeper into to the rabbit hole of uh, the sentence stemming because it really, really is um, powerful. And, and you know, think of it this way, right? Like for me, for somebody that's come from, a, a, I would say, a, an environment of, uh, you know, high level athlete, athletes and training like crazy and, uh, and pushing myself, uh, you know, that instead of training people to failure, you know, training them to success, right? I mean, that know that like for many people, they have to enjoy it. It doesn't mean that it won't be hard, but still thinking about how you can make the process more enjoyable. And it starts with everything that I've been talking about, right? Uh, you wouldn't believe like it was, it was crazy that, you know, when I started asking more questions, when I started coaching uh, more from this perspective of reducing threat and extracting versus instructing more, how people were essentially like figuring things out for themselves a lot more and doing the things that before I would be frustrated about like, man, I'm telling them to do all these things and they're not doing them. And like, what's wrong with them? And you could, you know, the aura of the, the, the coaching would already tell, you know, uh, tell the story and like people would feel judged and they, and they just shame themselves more because that's a lot of people do that. And like, once again, when I, when I say a lot of people do that, 
you know, think of yourself about how you do that in certain areas of your life. Once again, always turn and dial around uh, to saying to uh, uh, to uh, like, the you know, point the finger, right? Point the finger back to yourself. Um, and, you know, with that said, like this is a this is just kind of like a I would say a tactic, a strategy that I'd ha- I'd have you consider using in any of your businesses. OK, so. If you guys have like, I can't remember like which TED talk it was, but I dug deep into this, that like people remember the last part of any experience, right? So I, I said earlier, hey, instead of training people to failure, you know, uh, train them to success, right? So now if you think that the last part of any experience is the one that people remember the most, uh, there was, uh, I think this one study when it had, uh, it was actually gynecology, <laughs> which I'm like, what the hell is this? This guy's like bringing up gynecology in, in his coaching podcast. But what they did is that they just uh, did an experiment of like after a gynecology visit, like how would the, the, the woman feel if she left right away versus if she stayed another five to seven minutes and the doctor would make her feel really comfortable and calm and, you know, kind of bring that uncomfortable, uh, the uncomfortable part of the process down and get them to smile. And then they had they, they had all and this was like a pretty big number. I had all these women fill out a form, and you know one group, the one that like left right away, was like, oh, the, like the visit was like it wasn't good. It was it was uncomfortable. It was terrible. The the others were like, oh, it was it was the doctor was really nice and like they had a completely different experience. And yet ninety five or ninety seven percent of that experience was the same for everybody. It was just the last three to five percent was different, but their perception of it was completely different. So with that said, you know, why don't you not only start training session with something pleasurable, but then end them, right? End them in a way where people are winning now. And, you know, that could be anything from, you know, mobility drills and PRI and and foam rolling, uh, you know, why we love doing stories at the end. Right. So like shining a light on something. Uh, you know, uh, Jess in a lot of classes, she'll be like, hey, what's one thing that you're really uh, excited about today? What's one win that you had? You know, or, or Jaywan will tell stories and in our team trainings, telling stories at the end. So people are empowered by it, like, and they and they get a great feeling uh, before they leave. Same thing if you have one-on-one clients or semi-private clients, you know, what are the things that you can do to make that last three to 5% of the experience fantastic? And that's what they're leaving with. They're leaving with you know, feeling like they're winning, like they're just on a high. Um, so, you know, that's very, very important. And here's just a couple of things, you know, a couple of like bullet points that that hopefully stick out because, you know, maybe you're, you're hearing me say a lot of stuff and I am going through a lot of stuff, through a lot of notes and I'll, I'll follow up with this. I mean, there's there's a, a lot of the coaching, I would say, uh, principle strategies and tactics that I like to share and there's a lot more of this stuff, but, you know, helping clients, keep the main thing, the main thing, you know, we just kind of went through a bunch of uh, a, a number of uh, principles and tactics on how to get somebody to actually say, you know, what they want, what, what is, what is winning the game for them anyways. Right. And then keeping them on track with, you know, what Dan, Dan John says, you know, keeping the goal, the goal, um, but helping clients keep the main thing, the main thing so that they don't start veering off and pursuing something that actually doesn't matter to them. You know, uh, just bring, bringing out their greatness. Uh, I think there's too much of negativity still in coaching, you know, and, and it's like expanding their best efforts. And we're talking about like building on strength, you know, um, uh, 
unconditional positive regard, shining a light on the positivity. Um, obviously, there's the maintaining accountability, but accountability happens first by people come, going down to like, what is their why? Reducing threat and, and t- you know, truly saying what the game is and what their win is and what the rules are. And once we have that, it's a lot easier to keep people accountable. Um, and focus on feelings when clients get fixated on results, right? I, I would say even sometimes that's like focus on, you know, behaviors that are attached to feelings then rather than uh, get clients fixated on results because people are there for the feelings, right? And feelings run a lot of things. Uh, you know, big thing, bringing out people's greatness, have a victory journal. Uh, some people say three wins, but for, you know, for clients, it's very, very powerful to have a victory journal. Um, so write out your victories before you go to bed. I mean, that's a very, very simple one. With that said, with that thing said, all right, whew, I just went through a lot of stuff. Um, we'll, we're we're going to end it on that note, but I, I would strongly encourage you, the, 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 the thing that I probably like the most that um, out of the things that I shared is the sentence stemming uh, because it really allows you to dig deep on your own stuff uh, as well as a drill that's great with the clients because you'll see like them bringing out a lot of things that you didn't know. And once again, you, we talked about the 80, 20, uh, and that's, that's the, 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 the minimum, right? Like 80, 80% of questions, 20% of answers, uh, extracting versus instructing, you know, not getting your clients results, but helping them get out of their own way so that they get their own results, right? Those are all some like big kind of type concepts, but do the sentence them in an area of your own life uh, that, you know, you kind of want to figure out like what would it mean for you to win, right? So I would be a great coach if, you know, I would love my business if, my business would be a success if. I dig, dig down a rabbit hole with this one. Um, so do that and then also do it with a, a client or maybe a group of clients in your next, whether it's a, a seminar or team meeting or anything else. Um, and, you know, as always, hey, do something, right? That's the big kicker. Like, you know, we just came off a, a business coaching call and it's like, what, what was the main thing that you extracted? So out of everything that I said, what's the main point that you got today? Okay. What is the action step associated with that point? What are you going to do? Like, Knowledge is nothing without application, right? Knowledge plus application equals wisdom because then we can reflect and keep doing it. If we had a great results, so we can course correct. But the reality is without that, there's nothing. So hopefully you got a lot out of this coaching. Um, as always, hey, I really appreciate the five-star reviews on iTunes, you know, heading over there because that's the, that's the best way to spread the word and, you know, get other people to listen to uh, this podcast and improve coaching, improve life, improve business, um, whatever, you know, whatever the topic at hand is. Like I said, that's why this is the bigger life, putting the puzzle pieces together to your own extraordinary life. I love and appreciate you. I will see you in the next episode. Peace out.